does it notify you guys like it used to do kind of thing? Yep. Okay. Yep. It, it doesn't say anything on my end anymore. And so I was like, well, did they change that feature altogether or what? <laughs> I never know. I thought we have to accept it. Uh-huh. Zoom changes from <laughs> every day, it seems like. Seems like it. <laughs> but yeah, so how has, well, let's get started with the prayer. Sorry, <laughs> I'm jumping ahead of myself. <laughs> um, Laura, would you mind offering it for us? I would love to. Our Father in heaven, we are so grateful for this opportunity we have to gather on Zoom and to learn more about the my son and Zion and how we can um, purify our lives and come closer to thee and to help gather those around us. We're grateful for and we just ask that it will help us to understand um, and to be able to share those feelings that we have in our hearts and to and help each other. And we invite thy spirit to attend with us. And we ask these blessings in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. So how has chapter one been? Uh, well, one and two. But I mean, this book is, is such a, a great straightforward kind of primer for for zion um i i loved diving back into it I, you know i've read it countless times but um there's something about this time preparing it for this book club that um was just extra exciting i have so many different little things highlighted and underlined that i didn't have before but yeah what, what was your experience uh reading it this time around and uh really diving into to zion Marked a lot in here also <laughs> yep. because I can't remember if you were just to ask me that and I can't read it I'm not oh, going to yeah. remember I guess I could get just like the gist of it is that um Zion isn't a place and I guess I probably already knew that but it starts in our heart and then I just like the emphasis on um purity and I could really understand better what we're we're trying to learn in the temple and how that is really preparing us. And I'm a slow learner. I think we've talked about this before, a really slow learner. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, it's interesting how the endowment evolves over time and stuff. And then with this perspective, like it just, it opens up new vistas and, and stuff. I love that. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, well, I'm pretty excited to hear what you all have to say. Too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many fun quotes and, and, and different things. I'm excited to dive into this chapter. Um, Mother, what was some of your, your main takeaways as you were reading this chapter? This is her first time through this book. Well, I mean, we, I, I've talked her ear off with different little things here and there, but this is her first time like through. But what was your, your overall takeaway from, from chapter one? Okay. Um <laughs> hey, Caroline, you have to take notes. <laughs> I'm just going to say, this is what I got from it. Mm -hmm. That Christ will not return until Zion is built up. And so it goes back to that quote by Elder Holland not very long ago, where he said, the world is definitely wicked enough, but the righteous are not righteous enough yet. 
So it's up to us to become righteous enough to be able to build this city. And what I got from it is that that city will be of translated people. Mm -hmm. So that means that we've got to get on the ball and get to that place. Mm -hmm. And I also, it just, just resonated with me here when I was going through this about the wickedness in the world and the, the horrors that we, we see daily in the news about it. It always just tears me up about when I hear about little children or youth being kidnapped and, and the, oh, them being sold into say, slavery and different things like this. And that's, and it's just reached really close to home here just this past week. And in Twin Falls, a group where they tried to kidnap six teenagers. Well, they did kidnap them. Yeah. Yeah. They kidnapped them. And, it, and it, it took the community to get them back. But it, it's amazing that, I mean, yes, we realize that that stuff's happening all the time. And, you know, you hear little tidbits here and there and stuff. But sometimes it takes a, a really close call, close to home to like, oh my gosh, we have to fight this better kind of thing, you know? Rather than just getting yeah. my stomach when I hear these things, it's like get on the ball, mm -hmm. get done that this is only going to stop when we get righteous enough to stop it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Tracy, what were you going to say? Oh, uh, just Friday. Um, well, I've got eight new kids to get into my program and they're all really little and they're all horrifically abused. And the little boy Friday, his mom is addicted to heroin. They haven't seen her for the last five years. And they showed me a picture of her. It was just horrific. He's been homeless the last five years. And the dad and the grandma, just, it's sad because this little guy, I mean, he got mad at his sister. So he goes over and pees on her clothes. I mean, they're just, you can tell he's been abused and yeah. I just cry. I don't know even how I'm going to help him. He can't write his name. He can't do ABCs. He, he's barely functioning. Yeah. So sad. There's going to be another little girl Tuesday. I taught the parent, sister. This little girl's been sexually molested, pushed downstairs. She's with grandma and grandpa now. And tons and tons of kids this is just in my little corner of the world and it's mm -hmm. just i'm having a hard time actually yeah for sure and so, so you know we often tell ourselves like oh we just can't wait till christ comes and we can just kind of put an end to, to all these things and stuff but that's kind of the point that like my mom's uh, you know getting at like it comes down to us like uh, how are we delaying zion in our own personal lives so that we can bring about Christ and and have a place ready for him to come to kind of thing today at church was magical though we have four sister missionaries now and I'm working very closely with them we had a family a grandma two grandkids and a mom 
And at first, and I was sitting by that group, and we had a female young investigator and two other ones. We've never had this many all at once. So I'm sitting in the pew with the whole one group down one side, one group down the other side. And mm -hmm. um, the little boys, I took them to primary. I'm a primary teacher now. They call me Sheriff Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> and the little boy, Boone, he's like, this is stupid. I don't want to do this. But by the end, both little boys, can we come next week? Will you go tell our mom we have to get to come next week? <laughs> so it was cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah, somebody just texted me that they needed the link to, to join in and stuff. So keep talking. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I really enjoyed reading these two chapters. And, you know, I talked to lots of people about leaving the world behind and like uh, my, my parents just sold some property and gave all of us a whole bunch of money. And they're like, what are you going to do with it? And I'm like, give it away in tithing. I don't know. It's like, I have just, I, they're like, you should buy a new truck. And I'm like, I don't need one. <laughs> no, yours is a 1981. I'm like, it, it's what I need. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to leave the ways of the world behind and like, I don't even care about it. I mean, I do, but mm -hmm. I'm yep. ready to go. Come get me. Yep. That's interesting. In our group that we meet on Tuesdays, one of the, the sisters said she's been sleeping on the floor to get used to what it feels like to sleep on the floor. I think about that kind of stuff, too. I think about, you know, when I'm cold or if I'm really hungry, like I think about like all the food we eat, you know, eating less and less each day and not being so slothful, you know, because mm -hmm. I, like, if I waste something, I always think I'm going to really regret this down the road. Mm -hmm. Like if I've let something spoil or something. I've been thinking that for a long time. Yeah. Just looking around saying, could I just walk out? And I just walk out of here, take my family and just leave. Mm -hmm. I could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of on this, this double-sided coin for me because one, I, through prayer and stuff, I, I firmly believe that I'm kind of one of the receiving end of, of things. Like people are going to be gathering here in this Valley, but at the same time, preparing for that, but also being prepared to leave if, if the Lord so calls, you know, kind of thing and, and kind of doing the both, uh, sides of preparing it for someone else. Probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, other people might be coming here and stuff. And then I go out, whatever the case may be, but, um, but doing that. And I don't know, I, I tell you, uh, both me and my mom have been kind of feeling, uh, this in, in different ways of, um, that it's kind of up to us, you know, there's the, the world at large, but, but just this little community uh, here, uh, what Davidic covenants look like and how to uh, be the ones that can help this city become what it needs to be, you know, for uh, a stopping off point or, or whatever it needs to be. Um, you know, our food storage, we're, we have plenty for ourselves and now it's, it's time to really break out and and prepare for other people that that will need it coming in and um uh, having such a surplus 
Uh, my brother, it, <laughs> he's just beside himself. He's like, why do you need two freeze dryers? Like, what the heck? You know, like, <laughs> those are expensive and, and kind of thing. But uh, he, for some reason, the, the Lord just needs us to keep on going, keep on trucking and uh, really preparing for, for other people to, uh, other people's use and stuff. Um, I, kind of along the lines of preppers, not that, you know, that's what this whole chapter is about, but um some people in group C mentioned it this last week, but they would like to um, have a somewhat regular uh, Zoom or, or just a, a YouTube class kind of a thing where us, uh, the, these four groups of uh, uh, book clubs uh, do preparation classes. So how to, to can certain things, how to make homemade yogurts and vinegars and, and those kind of things. Would you all be interested in, in something like that as well? And participating if you have skills that uh, yeah. to contribute and, and everything. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm starting to kind of college. That's how I got over it. I went to school and I learned how to make cheese and yogurt and how to beekeep and how to make sauerkraut and mm -hmm. all these weird things I'd never done, how to make soap, but <laughs> mm -hmm. it was fun. Yeah. And, you know, lots of people are getting different kind of promptings at what to learn and stuff like that, but some of them don't know where to go to, to find out how to do that. Yeah, Janet, you had your... Yeah, um, I do know how to can, pressure can uh, meat. Oh, and uh -huh. I, have, I have a couple of pressure canners. I'd be happy to share that with, with anybody. Uh-huh. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to get that organized this next week, and then I'll uh, send out the information on, on exactly what we're going to be doing and how it's going to, going to flow. Uh, once in a while, it'll be kind of a, like a live Zoom. Uh, sometimes it's just going to be uploaded to our, our public YouTube space where anybody can access it, and you can share it with family and friends and stuff. But um, anyway, uh, there's just a kind of a need for uh, that we as friends kind of uh, do that together um, rather than just, you know, YouTubing random people and, and stuff like that, but that we kind of come together and, and share our expertise as, as we already kind of know each other and, and stuff like that. I'm still doing, I'm still doing tomatoes because I still have them in my garden and oh, I've really? given away so many. I've done 20 cases, bottles of tomato, of salsa, tomato sauce, tomato, you name it. Wow. I've given away. Now I'm powdering it. But mm -hmm. if anybody needs any, I still have a bunch here in Utah, <laughs> anywhere that I would like, but I can't, I still keep have. I know I'm not going to use it. I'm alone. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. single. I don't have any, you know, I have children, but they, but I know I'm never going to use stuff. I done 50 pounds of potatoes already that I bottled. So, yeah. and I know I'm not going to, but I keep feeling like I have to do it. Somebody, somebody else is going to use it. I don't know who, but I keep doing it because there's yeah. a need for someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank so you. So are, are, are you the one that's been hoarding all the lids then? <laughs> Absolutely not. In fact, um, I have a, a very good friend that um, he's a firefighter, but he's also, he does body work. But every day, every single day, ever since last year, he makes the rounds to every Walmart he looks for ammo. He looks for the things that like lids, uh, bottles, because I didn't have any bottles last year when I was doing canning. My daughter had bought some bottles 
and I used hers because she didn't use them all. But every time there was bottles and lids or anything, we bought them because yeah. I, I I just felt prompted. And he he was he would make the rounds because he'd got get off or, or uh, work early in the morning, so he could do that and make the rounds and then get them. And that's that's the way that I've been able to. No, I didn't have anything. We've been able to do it by just getting them as we've seen them, onesies, twosies, here and there. Yeah. While you're doing and all it, this. It, it was prompted. It was because every time it, we found them, it was, okay, everything's ready. I don't have nothing. I have no bottles and everything. The And I, I'll tell you, yeah, I, when I planted my garden, I didn't do one the year before, but I, I prayed and prayed and prayed that if I, if it grew and it grew well, I would bottle and can everything that I got out of it. And my neighbors, they didn't get hardly anything. And mine has went absolutely crazy. In fact, they'll say, what did you use on it? I'm like, oh, nothing. <laughs> the Lord, the Lord is the one that has done this, not me. Yeah. How many bushes did you have, Kathy? How many what? How many tomato bushes do you have? Oh, um, well, I was only going to start out with like six or eight, maybe 12. Then my daughter got a whole bunch. I ended up with like 36. I uh, ended up with, I have pumpkin. I live on six and a half acres of ground, so I have tons of room. But the tomatoes, peppers, uh, hot peppers, bell peppers, onions. I grew all my own onions. I have uh, zucchini, uh, cucumber, you name it. It's And it's every. I planted three zucchinis because I'm like, ah, something's going to die, you know? It always does. Nothing, nothing died. No, yeah. I just barely have bought one and I got to pick it up in St. George from the lady. <laughs> Kathy, that. on your tomatoes, it when it gets close to freezing, if you pick them and put them in a box so they're not touching, uh -huh. and it, even if they're just they're green but they've started to kind of turn that little orangey yellowish type of color they go they'll still ripen my grandma would always keep them under her bed and she'd have tomatoes clear till christmas really hmm. really well, that's good to know because i have a ton of green ones out there too yeah. i have a cousin that lives by me and he has seven kids and i said please come over and every one of it, him and every one of his kids and his nephew they all come over with a five gallon bucket filled their buckets up and i still have more yeah. And I do that every year and it's true. I always I always make a Facebook post. Oh, I'm eating my last <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I just had to throw that one in. That's so fun, Kathy. Thanks for oh, sharing. Right. Cameron, we do need to have an extra meeting about this. <laughs> I tell yes. you what, because on on group C, people got I'm I'm not trying to I, carried away but that's not the right word but anyway like we took like a good half hour on an emergency prep or whatever so like people have a lot to say and everything so we do need a separate one but uh, we have a, a lots of things to talk about in, in that yeah. realm of stuff so i think it's Make so sure you have hard fun. copies of everything that you're learning so that you can go back to them mm -hmm. yeah uh, they have printable things and, and making things. all that stuff Make sure you have hard copies of it mm -hmm. well to full disclosure a couple a uh, few years ago i decided i was going to learn about uh tinctures and all the medicine Me so too. i've yep. been doing that also and i got sick last week um my work 
or a workout, they it's military and we have all these that are that most of them are vaccinated. And whether you're vaccinated or not, I don't, you know, I, whatever. I can't be because I, I've got some conditions that I can't. My doctor said I, that it's a higher risk, but I ended up getting sick between my tinctures and my homeopathics. Um, it didn't even last the full week. And I know without a doubt the Lord's help and what he, what the things I had put together last year on that end of it and the knowledge he gave me is what got me through it. Uh huh. And, and that is what a lot of people are wanting is stuff like yes. that in order to, to combat some of the stuff that's coming in the future, you know, and, and being prepared uh, medically and homeopathically and stuff like that. So that's a, a huge one. I, Where I do you live, Kathy? I'm in uh, Utah. I'm in nice. by, are you familiar with the Ogden area? Yeah. I'm west of Ogden. I mean, it's called a city called West Haven. I'm just west between. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm out further. Cool. Well, I wish we were BFFs because I'm into the same thing you are. <laughs> well, I want to be, but I'm just not there yet. Let's I want to learn it. So we can still connect because I'm still learning. So let's. Yeah. I just got this new way. I know how to distill my own uh, colloidal silver now. Oh, my girlfriend does that. I haven't done it yet, but I have all the stuff. Yeah. Well, do you want to know something that she told me? What? I mean, okay, sorry to take this in a different way. No, okay. <laughs> but she says that to get you don't even have to buy all the stuff but if you get your silver 100% silver coins that you have make sure they're all clean put them in in and I can't remember what she said to put it if it's in alcohol or what it is what what your basis is or distilled water leave mm -hmm. them there it will turn to the colloided silver because your silver coins are all the old ones are made with silver cool I'll, I'll get the exact way from her but cool. she told me about it but yeah cool i just picked up a distiller too so now i like i'm ready for the nuclear <laughs> i would like to get I'm one be able to have we'll, a drink we, of water. Definitely, we definitely need to talk so yeah, we're, we're when I, I go BFF. to the liquor store and buy all kinds of oh. gallons of vodka and everclear and i think i'm an alcoholic but <laughs> Funny. Yeah, my dad just joined and he's probably like what the heck? Are they're talking about I've been making vanilla here. with mine <laughs> we definitely yeah. have to do classes yeah, yeah. everybody yeah, right. knows so much yeah yes such a wealth of information one of my favorites i'm going to do one more thing is um the prophet brigham young he used to always stop at my great 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 grandma's house for her peach pie but he had said that the four things that we will need to survive in the latter days are mullen comfrey brigham's tea oh gosh i always forget this and chaparral and i used chaparral this last week uh, and mullen interesting and getting through everything because I had found it last year and separated it and everything. Boy, I separated it real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm getting oh, some mullein starts this weekend. 
Say that again, Mullen, Comfrey, Brigham tea, did you say? Mm -hmm. What's the other name for Brigham's tea? Because that one's a hard one to find by that name. Oh, it has so many names. It has Mormon tea, Miner's um, tea. <laughs> it has so many names, but it's it's everywhere where you Utah folk live and Idaho folk. Mm -hmm. um, Let me look at my, my book. Okay, my dad is a it. big game biologist, but his specialty was range management. So he knows where everything is like that. But once you see it, like the first time I saw it, it's on the top of the dam at Flaming Gorge. Like you walk out to go walk on the dam and I'm like, oh, there's some Brigham's tea, but it's everywhere. And once you run into it, you'll be like, it's the weirdest looking little plant. Mm, yeah, and it can grow really big. And Mullen and Comfrey are everywhere too. It just you just have to start looking. Oh, and the other one, there's one more I forgot is Yarrow. Yeah, Yarrow. Oh, Yarrow. 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 Yarrow will foot bleeding. Also, cayenne. Use cayenne pepper. Cayenne pepper will foot bleeding instantly. Yarrow will too. You put it on your wound but, and it'll stop it cold. But cayenne's yeah. something that a lot of people just have in their cupboard all the mm -hmm. time. Yeah. So, um, Deborah in the chat said that it's ephedra. So I'm assuming that's the Brigham Steve. It, it is. It's right. like an, that's, Yep. It's like an ephedra. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you, when you make it, it it tastes nasty if you do it wrong. But if you boil your water and get it too hot, it'll turn it really bitter. So you've got to have your water just before boiling to make your tea or otherwise it's nasty. Everybody is always like, that stuff's so nasty. And I'm like, well, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you, you can't get your water too hot. Mm. Pine needles tea is another one that's very good for the respiratory system too. Yes, the suramin. <laughs> we do, we have I, to be friends right now. <laughs> I didn't hear about turpentine. Yes, you we guys do. Studied turpentine? What? What's that? You studied turpentine? turpentine. I have, I have, I have not. That. But yeah, the, but like the turbans that are in like um, your pine needles, and also I also use the green holes of the walnut of black walnut, hmm. and that is also really good because it has the turbans in it that the terrapins or whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, all right, we'll stop. Yeah, we're gonna have to have some stuff. Shiny objects. <laughs> we can read this one um, line. It says, We are speaking of powers of godliness power that transcends life and death, power over personal injury, immunity to disease and sickness, and to literally have power over our own death. Mm -hmm. Page three at the bottom. Yeah, it, it, it really does fit in. That was a great, perfect time back in. Like as we're learning some of these natural laws and things that the Lord has given us, we're, we're actually working at becoming translated. Uh, that's the, the natural laws. That's how we do these kind of things, whether we actually find those things or uh, if we have another way to um, get them in times of need. But um, that's uh, the Lord has prepared everything that we need. Um, just like it reiterates over and over again, we don't need a new church. We don't need a new prophet or anything like this. Our current setup, as it has been restored, has everything that we need to build Zion. You know, some people get off the mark and, and looking in other ways and stuff. Uh, we got it all. We have in restored scripture with the Holy Spirit, with our current uh, endowment and rites and rituals. 
we have everything that we need to build Zion and to, to usher in the second coming. And, and so we're, we're, it's just a process of learning, uh, finding what's, what's already here and, and um, having that desire to, to learn. I, I love that tie back in. <laughs> but yes, we, we definitely need a, a good um, class, regular talking to uh, uh, do that emergency preparedness stuff. Uh, there on page four it says nothing remains to be revealed we've got mm -hmm. in fact one of the places i was reading um when he uh, engaged that other guy to help him with the study out this stuff uh we used to know more than we do now yeah it's <laughs> lost to us um but it's there mm-hmm it's there. We just have to search for it. But don't you find that that's how the Lord kind of works? You know, it, it, it's revealed, but then it, it's all up to us whether we want it or not. And it, it, we have to actually put forth effort, sacrifice uh, to to find these things. Because in if it's just spoon fed to you, you just kind of get used to it after a while and, and don't realize the importance or, or put forth that effort to, to keep it. But through the, the searching and and everything I, it's somewhere toward the end of chapter one it talks about i think it's Catherine thomas she's an amazing author um but she talks about these diligent quests you know abraham was on a diligent quest and um uh, adam father adam moses lehi nephi all of these people had to go on a specific quest to find these things it, they it was there all along but they had to go on a quest to find it because through negligence or whatever on the part of the whole uh, it had been lost and so um they they went to to find those things and and look at their fruits i mean all scripture is about it all scripture is about this quest that we must go on especially the book of mormon i mean that's the the major one um but as as catherine thomas says all these men conducted that search which is outlined and empowered in the temple endowment how many people, I, you know, I, I'm not saying to, to you guys, but how many people in, in the church look at the endowment as a quest? You know, sometimes it's just about going. They don't even know exactly why they're going. Um, they just know that they're, they should. And, you know, they're, they're diligent members, but um, it, it's, it's all about a quest. If you find your, your purpose and your mission through the endowment, you start learning that there's more to it. And then line upon line, it really starts opening up and you find out, whoa, there's so much more here. And uh, it, really the endowment is everything to us in, in these latter days. Uh, I, was it President Nelson in, in this conference that uh, said that, you know, if we don't understand something about the endowment, the, the remedy is not to go less and, and distance yourself and <laughs> dive in more, get going. You know, you, you got to learn what this is. Anytime that you're presented with a mystery, it means that the Lord's ready for you to learn it. And so you need to put in some effort uh, into to gaining that. Um, and one of my favorite quotes in here that went along with your quest thing, it says, we the people must evolve into Zion worthiness, the result of personal and powerful inner quest to transcend the mortal experience and take upon ourselves the stature of Zion. So it's almost like an inner quest mm -hmm. is how it, the author was describing. And I thought it was interesting. Yeah. 
And that's something that's really changed my paradigm over the last, I don't know, two, three years, is that my quest is completely different from any other given person's quest. You know, I used to kind of approach it as, oh my gosh, here's the mysteries. Why don't we talk about them in church openly and, and this and that? And, and I would kind of judge people for not wanting to know the mysteries and stuff. And, uh, oh, I can't believe they didn't know that kind of a thing. But in, at the same time, now that I can look back in, in retrospect, it's like, oh, like maybe the Lord gives this little apple to, to this person and, but he gives to this person an orange and they're on totally separate quests in order to, to find the truth that they need at the time. I, I find that as it's reiterated throughout this book uh, later on in, in other chapters that we can never judge anyone ever based upon where they're at in their quest, you know, like, Oh, I can't believe that they didn't know that or, or whatever that, everybody is on this custom tailored um, mission and, and, and covenant path that, mm -hmm. that's uniquely their own. And, and I love that. Uh, this inner quest, like Ellen's talking about there, um, is just so crucial. But yet we, we all have family and friends that don't even know that there's a quest to begin with, uh, let alone what, what their personal quest is. Um, uh, I think that that's crucial to to help people uh, even realize that there's a quest, uh, you know, this quest for Zion. Uh, otherwise, you're just kind of floating, you know, you're enduring to the end, but you don't really know what that end is or, or how to endure it kind of a thing. Um, but as we do find out from God himself what our personal quest is, then we can really start going to work on stuff and and uh, building Zion in our heart, like Abraham, you know, I, everything goes back to the, the Abraham story for me. I, I love that our book club started there. Um, but it, everything ties back into his pattern, uh, his uh, quest for Zion. I, I just love that. Um, yeah, so what other uh, quotes and things uh, did you talk about in here. I like where it said, we are the seeds that the sower has scattered upon the landscape of mortality. Mm, yeah. As I contemplate what that is, the sower is Jesus Christ. But he, we are the seeds that he is scattering there to be developed and to be grown and stuff. But it's up to us to, to, to wake up, to, to follow our quest. But he is setting it out for us. Anyway, I really like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what really stood out too is um, President Nelson is putting us on this path. If we were to follow his homework assignments, it's really, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how, to get, how to get design in our hearts and our families sanctify your homes make your homes temples um i was thinking about the temple and our bodies are temples what would i put would i take these things and put them into the temple would i take you know mm, yeah. a turkey into the temple and eat it in the temple i i couldn't do that you know or um 
this show or this music, would I listen to that in the temple? And then I start thinking, wait, we're not supposed to take our electronic devices into the temple or we turn them off. So mm -hmm. um, I, I believe at some point, electronic devices are going to be something too. Mm -hmm. Which is going to be sad because our Zoom is <laughs> so fun. Well, and, that, and that's why I said about hard copies of things so that you. Yeah. But did you see that this is on page 18 when at last we do build science, the sciences and arts will excel and great intelligence will produce stunning advances of technology that will forever change the future of mankind. Yes, that will be amazing. I am so excited for that. I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll all have our own kind of Urim and Thummims. We'll all have different things that will help and aid us in uh, fulfilling our, our full-time missions there. I love it. We rely so heavily on, on technology right now. Like, you know, trying to, to wean myself off of some things to prepare for the, the tribulations and, and stuff is kind of hard because, you know, my business is online. My... Uh, uh, my interactions with people is online. Oh, but part. don't do it too hard. I, I try not to go on social media, mm -hmm. but I, I will sometimes go in and look at that group we're in. Mm -hmm. I go in and boom, there is an online live right now with the prophet and his wife in a state yeah. conference. And I hopped on and I got to go to that. And it was because, you know, conference, you're always like, more, please, more. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah, was wonderful. And Cameron, you'll be thrilled. Sister Nelson is encouraging everybody to go read all 31 talks of President Nelson. That's the first Oh, one. yeah. <laughs> I, I knew you would get a kick out of that. <laughs> so you're like, this, done. This is um, the book of Nelson, one through four. So it doesn't have his current ones. I've got the current ones done. I just don't have them printed off. But um, so it's going to be a little bit bigger than this. Those, oh, please? And it's all done. <laughs> <laughs> Will you sell me one of those, please? It, it's quite expensive to print them. But but yeah, let me get together all the stuff. <laughs> I have some money now. <laughs> <laughs> please, sir. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll get those all, all prepared and stuff. I've got, I, I've got. Seriously, you would sell me one? Uh -huh, yeah, I've got some final typesetting to do on fifth Nelson, or yeah, fifth Nelson, and then um, it should be finalized. So yeah, I, I got to get together and find out all the costs and everything on it. But but yeah, I can uh, get those to you and stuff. A, a lot of people have asked me if I'd, I'd print them one and stuff, but um, I think I found a good place that's reasonably cheap to to do it, and they'll bind it for me and everything. So. Because if I just do it on my own toner, it takes a whole toner cartridge to do the whole thing. And it's like a ream and a half of paper. It's just not cost effective. It would be like over 80 bucks to, to do it. So I have uh, one publisher that um, as long as I can get like a good 20 people in on it and stuff that we can do that. But anyway, oh. I digress. <laughs> but yeah, to Wendy's Nelson's uh, challenge to, to go and study his, his conference talks. I think that's amazing because you'll find lots of interesting patterns there um, towards what we've been studying in Isaiah. He is living the Isaiah principles letter for letter. If you study his talks out, um, including the Davidic covenant, it, it, it's there and it's very apparent once you know what you're looking for. And then Triumph of Zion uh, fits right into it as well. Uh, it's interesting how 
all that comes into play. Cameron? Yeah. Um, first of all, I, I take handfuls of herbs every day, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it would be very interesting to have that class. The thing I loved about chapter one was when it said that the three Nephites were probably taken to the city of Enoch and the, mm. in the temple there, they received their um, endowment to be translated. And mm. that when the, when the city of Enoch comes back, it will come back with, with all its temples. Yeah. I want to see that come down. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, many this of the, awesome. our current prophet and apostles have said that, you know, we think about temples in the, the hundreds, but soon we will think about them in the thousands. And, and I can't help but wonder if that's talking about uh, uh, Zion's temples that, that come back too. you know, all of a sudden, I mean, we're building them at, at exponential rates right now. But at the same time, boom, when they bring all their temples back, we would definitely think about them in the thousands, I, I think. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Dead 80, announced 83 temples in three and a half years. Isn't that <laughs> amazing? Yeah. It just. Uh, well, we thought President Hinckley was, there was a lot that he did. I don't even know what number we're at anymore. But this mm -hmm. is the total. I don't even know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the last that I, it was like over the. That 200 threshold, and I was just like, okay. <laughs> I used to, to memorize all of the architecture and all of the symbols and everything in each of the temples. Like you give me any picture of an interior or exterior and I could name which temple it was. I can't anymore. It, they're just coming way too fast. <laughs> Whatever happened to the temple in Singapore? Have you heard any more about that? I haven't, no. Um, I, I always look on that one uh, site, uh, churchofjesuschristtemples.com or whatever and so they have good progress updates and photos of each of the construction sites at all times and stuff like that um well i have to look on there but i haven't noticed anything about singapore uh what the uh government is is doing right now with that and stuff but that'll be very interesting uh it's an interesting location there or the the, the one in china there i I'm very interested to, to see how I know. that's progressing. And what do you mean, Hong Kong, the one that's already up? No, the, the one that he announced. Wasn't that Singapore? Beijing or Singapore? No, um, it was People's Republic of China. It's, I, I, I can't remember the exact location, but he said that it will be a special temple and it won't be available to outsiders, just the people that are actually living there, but it, it's going to be like a chapel type of situation, but modified that they can still That's receive. what I was talking about. I, I thought it was in Singapore. Oh, gotcha. It might be. Huh. Anyway, yeah. Um. All right. Uh, one of the the ones that I, uh, Shanghai. My brain, like, it's Shanghai. <laughs> Shanghai, yeah. Um, was on page seventeen. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know me at all. The School of the Prophets is always like top of my list. School of the Prophets, King Follett's sermon. Uh, I have my my favorites, but 
anyway, that Brigham Young uh, talks about this. It's the quote number 22. It says that the object of the school of the prophets is to train ourselves until we can receive the order of Enoch in all its fullness. And, and we see that the school of the prophets I mean, the word of wisdom takes on a whole new meaning when we actually study its implications in the school of the prophets. Uh, it, it's much more than we commonly talk about in, in Sunday school, but um, that the school of the prophets is to meet God, to see him face to face. And if we read any of the accounts of the, the people that attended the school of the prophets, many of them not only seen Christ, but they also seen the father in that room. And, um, and there's one account of them seeing heavenly mother yeah 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 um that's that because there's the second comforter but there's also the third comforter and um how that that plays into it but it's amazing that we just kind of gloss over again it's for us to dig for right you know because lectures on faith was uh part of the doctrine and covenants but but then it's removed so that it becomes a a thing that we have to actually seek and and yearn for um but not imposing but uh incorporating those teachings into our study will help us receive the same blessings if we desire it if we, we quest after those things so I, I love that that's brought here in in chapter one it's it's mentioned a couple of other times in the book but i just love that anytime at school of the prophets i key right into it <laughs> cameron can you share some stuff in the group um on the zion thing about the word of wisdom and the school of the prophets how they relate uh-huh yeah for sure okay because uh, i haven't heard anything about that yeah i'll so go through some new, my, my notes new like, stuff for, new stuff for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah there were some education week classes that i took that that really lined those things out and stuff and it was, okay. i'll, I'll oh, find okay. my notes on it and, and post awesome. it. awesome yeah, I wanted to share something I watched. Actually, I watched something today in between church. Um, one had to do on the Book of Mormon, but the other one had to do with the priesthood. And there's a quote in here that went right along with the thing I watched. It says, more than a place sign is a state of being a personal condition of absolute righteousness. And I was reading a book with a friend and it had a quote by Prince President Kimball from his talk in October of 77 called the foundations of righteousness, which was really interesting that one with it. But it says a person becomes a member of Zion by magnifying his priesthood. And this video I posted with the group, it actually got on there twice and I couldn't take the second copy off, but it was called the oath and covenant of the priesthood. And it was so interesting. And it was an hour and a little over an hour and a half. And it's yeah. just was something I had not heard before. It explained it really well. And it just was a suggestion, I think on YouTube because I was watching the Book of Mormon uh -huh. video and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fascinating. Oh, um, yeah. The guy has studied with Abraham Gileadi so I could see some okay. stuff from Isaiah and I just, and it's in the priesthood section in the uh -huh. Yeah, uh, in I, the group. I see it here. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna have to watch that. That's it was, I want to take notes on it. It is so good he talks about what is the calling and what it means to magnify your calling and most it's just he said most people think it's just to support you know somebody in their calling or and he just it's so fascinating mm -hmm. what he the information that he gave yeah, but yeah it's really worth what, the time to watch what was it called again it's called the oath and covenant of the priesthood it was from uh, lds media i think um it was by todd mclaughlin Mm -hmm. Isn't let's see, is Todd McLaughlin the unblog my soul guy? 
I know I'm friends with him. I'm trying to think what group he's in. I've seen him post stuff before. And he talked a lot about men and the covenant, but and he didn't get to the women part. And I'm like, okay, oh, I yeah. really you need a part two. <laughs> I need a part two. He just did the men. Todd McLaughlin has his own blog. I can't remember what it's called. I think yeah. it's Awake and Arise. Okay, because there's another one called the A New Heart in Christ, and that's by somebody else. But this is called Awake and Arise. I couldn't remember his blog. I was trying I to think, see it. I think that's okay. what it's called. Okay. But he is so good. His yeah. stuff is right oh, yeah. on. Yeah, Todd McLaughlin. Okay, so just to <laughs> kind of give some basis, I, I thought uh, the name sounded familiar. So Todd McLaughlin is kind of taken over where John Pontius left off. So okay. him, him and Terry Pontius, John's wife, are, are really good friends and they started the the facebook group unblog my soul that kind of uh goes along that that same thing so herrick muelstein um is a, a nephew to terry pontius and stuff and he he and todd uh, kind of work that um that angle there but they're both involved with the isaiah institute so i can see where that comes from yeah, yeah. it was good it was good stuff stuff i didn't I mean, the conference talks talk about it, but they just kind of give general. He went mm -hmm. kind of deep into it, but trying to make it simple to understand and drew little grass. I thought it was excellent. I, mm -hmm. I think you should, I hope maybe it's, I was hoping to remember his blog. So I'll have to look that up and see if I can yeah. find it and see if he shared any written material there. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna watch that tonight. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, thank you. Can you share what you're talking about? Uh -huh. what it looks yeah. like I just pulled it up on YouTube. Oh. Now I don't have it. Let me find <laughs> it again. Yeah. Oh, it ain't gonna work. Laura, are you in the are you in the yeah, there it is. Sisters of Liberty class, is that what it's called? Cameron put it in the chat. Yeah, so uh, if you you copy that link that I just did in the chat, then okay. that's the YouTube video. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I just thought it was so good. So I thought I had to share it. Yeah. You know, with the word of wisdom, I keep getting impressions like, so like President Nelson is a vegetarian, I heard. And um, I think that might be something we all need to kind of be striving for. Yeah. Because it, it is be listed in the word of wisdom. And I every time I go get stuff, I just kind of swing towards vegetable stuff. I just feel like, that's the way we'll be in the millennium. Just we'll start getting used to finding the right proteins and stuff. Mm -hmm. I have tomatoes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you funny girl. Yeah, Darlene Henry. And I know that he doesn't eat potatoes or red meat. Really, potatoes as well. That's interesting. Oh, wow. And that would make me cry right there. Yeah, <laughs> I love my potatoes. But um, uh, in one of his talks back in the 80s, uh, he talks extensively about diet and um, as a doctor, what he does in order to school his body. Um, I, I forget exactly which talk it is. I'll find it. But um, anyway, he, he says that there's a certain point when he reaches like a fullness or whatever like that, but he can hear in his mind that um 
like the the temptation to eat more like to be a little bit gluttonous or whatever like oh one more bite before you go kind of thing or whatever and he has to rebuke that thought and stop eating right then and and he does it you know like he he learned that as a surgeon and he tries to counsel his patients to do the same or whatever anyway it was such an interesting talk back in the 80s of all things oh Um, goodness that sounds good but yeah, in, in the word of wisdom realm and stuff, it, it's talking about how to master our bodies. That is what the whole talk is about. Um, anyway, I'll, I'm going to go that find one. it. Yeah, yeah, share the link to whatever board in the group. That sounds so good. It's from the 80s? Is it self-mastery? I'm pretty sure it's from the 80s. You think it's self-mastery? It might be self-mastery. That, that sounds about right. October 1985? Mm-hmm. But yeah, he talks about that. And then if you go through the footnotes and, and all of that, um, it, it's an amazing... Uh, journey just on the word of wisdom right there um i i was doing that one right at the same time that i was talking to you laura um about you know the the fasting on on a regular basis and and, and things and um anyway it, it was a it was kind of life-changing but i've i've kind of neglected it for a little while and i'm i'm dabbling back into meat and all that <laughs> I, I go in waves i really need to just kick the habit and, and go cold turkey like i do my other stuff but <clears throat> I think that's one of the the main things that kind of holds me back in some ways is like, okay, I'm giving up this and I'm giving up that and I'm giving up this. Let me just have my food until the millennium. (laughs) And and then I'll, then I'll, I'll do it. You'll cold turkey it. (laughs) So those appetites and those desires that we have in this life, when, when we are um, resurrected, we will still have those appetites and desires, right? Yeah. rid of those you won't be able to fulfill if you're a smoker and you're resurrected and you have that desire to smoke you're not gonna be able to get a cigarette you're gonna be in big trouble yeah exactly that's what i think hell is is not be able to get those things that yeah master don't have the power to be able to to have those things yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. um so throughout this chapter oh we're almost out of time but um Throughout this chapter, he quotes some amazing people, but I wanted to get kind of your take on, on things as well. Um, so like on page 10, he quotes Hiram Andrus, and throughout the book he does as well. Uh, Elder McConkie, Catherine Thomas. Uh, these are some, some major people that have had some major um, trials. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say. Um, kind of like Avraham Gileadi, you know, like uh, many people think like, oh, they were excommunicated. Well, not McConkie, obviously, but um, many people think, oh, they were excommunicated or they were chastised by the church or, or la da 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 the, the list goes on. But, you know, even John Pontius has that, that rumor, you know, that he was excommunicated right before he died and stuff. But if you, you really go in and research these people, uh, they're, they're nothing but above board, but they're still all fallible, right? You know, like everybody is just continuing on their, their personal quests. And uh, sometimes there's there's opinions thrown out there, but um, I don't know. I would just like to, to kind of add my testimony to, to, to some of theirs that, you know, we can't take everything as 100% gospel from any given person, right? But we're all just striving here to learn. And there's so much good that they have studied and put forth and to help us all out. Um, I, I, you know, everybody in, in these groups pretty much, uh, loves John Pontius and, and his works and stuff, but, um, 
many people that I, I talk to just kind of write it off like, oh, you're studying the, you're going too far. You're, you're studying things that you shouldn't be. You should be focused more in on the prophets and apostles and, and stuff. And I, I don't know. I would just say to that, like, yeah. <laughs> do your own study, follow your own personal quest because uh, the Lord's leading me here and there and, and gleaning mm-hmm. little nuggets of, of great information everywhere I go. But, you know, at the same time, do I agree with every single little thing that Avraham Gileadi says? No. I mean, there's, there's little things here and there that uh, the Lord needs me to learn in a given moment. And so this and that kind of thing. Um, but I think that there's so much good, uh, you know, we, we kind of need training wheels in, in some of this before we can have the, the ability to, to discern um, and, and hear him in the in its totality right and so i just love that these authors have given us so much of their their personal quest and we can kind of be a fly on the wall and form our own studies off of it um where was that at on page it was in the introduction but on page um 15 of the introduction he talks about that um a friend of his, Josh Mariano, uh, helped him research for this book, and they were specifically just researching this one topic, and that was the, the idea of translation and the idea of Zion, and so their combined efforts produced 540 scriptural citations, 248 doctrinal quotes, for a total of 888 undergirding references that are included in this book, and so this book is just kind of like the the master primer study on the idea of Zion and translation. If we'll take the time to to do it, you know, he has some um, minor kind of opinions and stuff in here. Yeah. But if we'll take the time to actually study all of those references that they've gleaned, I think we'll come to to much of the same conclusions, but you just wouldn't get that otherwise. And so, uh, I don't know exactly what I'm getting at. I'm just kind of trying to to de- defend that there's truth everywhere and and not to be sidetracked by by names or or hearsay uh, that that goes about and not to be um, dissuaded by you know uh, by rumors kind of a thing. Um, I, I kind of say that not for our benefit, but anybody watching this, especially down the road or whatever, uh, as we're, we're doing that. Um, so can I yeah. ask a question? What is the um, published date on your book? Um, because you're talking about 15 pages of introduction and mine is in 2010 and I don't see 15 pages here, but everything else seemed to line up on the page numbers when you were quoting things. Uh, so the, the introduction page number, mine's 2010 as well. Um, the introduction is XV. So like the page number is XV. It's in the Roman numerals. Oh. Okay. You said page 15. And I was like, what? Oh yeah. So I was just. Uh, okay. So combined efforts produced 540 scriptural citations. I got it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. at least we're in the same book, the same. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Same edition. All right. That is good. Um, anything else that, that we kind of gained out of that? We only kind of got through chapter one, but um, we might have to just kind of dovetail chapter two in next week. Well, it, did you think it's kind of neat on, on page 23, he nibbly informs us that in every dispensation we are told there has been a Zion on earth. 
yeah that's amazing first time i heard that i was like what how where where's that information (laughs) but but yeah but also how our quest for zion it's gonna mirror enix day i mean Mm -hmm. they're just yeah that one was before the the flood and ours is before the fire and they're very much in tandem with the things that they have to deal with. And they were dealing with armies and uh, oppressive elements and, and so are we. We're gonna have to deal with the exact same things, but that's how we ascend, right? That's what we've learned from Isaiah decoded and everything, that those things actually lift us up. Have you guys read the, the Enoch letters? Mm-hmm. It's been a while, I need to really go back into that one. So this is that book that we did our little discussion on on Friday. And it's really neat how, um, it, it was a local thing too. It was, you know, right where they were. And it wasn't like the prophet. And I thought that was interesting. The prophet's not going to, um, how did, what was that quote? Let me see. Oh no, I did it in orange. Mm-hmm. No statement or proclamation of the living prophet needs to be made, but of course, only the living prophet can tell us when it's time to gather and build the city of Zion. And I, do you, don't you feel like when you think about um, what President Nelson's been saying, he's been saying, mm-hmm. build Zion. Mm-hmm. And the, he hasn't and, called out Zion, but he's been telling us all these things, you know, that to be pure in heart and to, you know, I just feel like he's really prepared us so beautifully. Yeah. I mean, he's doing the kind of, foundational spiritual zion building in our mm-hmm. lives right now and it won't be much longer before he's actually calling us to to do the physical but um the the fact that many uh-huh. he says there's nothing more important than yeah gathering. nothing more important right gathering it's our job um, i also may note on page um 22 right at the very beginning it says once we see who we are Think about the youth themes, how they've been changed. I am. Yeah. I am a beloved daughter of heavenly parents. Um, and I need to get those memorized. I had the young woman's before memorized, but this new mm-hmm. one I haven't worked on yet. It's on my piano. I just need to put it to memory. Yeah. We build dying in our own wards, in our own families, in our own hearts, I think. It's, exactly. I think it starts lo- starts locally, and there was a question mm-hmm. or a statement that Todd made in the thing. It says, "How as a ward, what would you do in your ward to come closer to Christ? How would it change your ward if everybody committed to come closer to Christ? What would you do to do that? You know, if everyone ninety percent of your ward all had the same goal to come closer to Christ and become more, you know, he didn't say Zion, but you know." how would it look and what would you do and i thought yeah if everybody committed to become more zion like how would our ward change he said uh fast and testimony would be amazing and people would just want to come into the meetings because it would just be so welcoming and people would be so you know of one mind and one heart mm-hmm. and it was just kind of it's the talk is so good i mean there's so many things in it yeah he said, uh, he said, as we strive toward Zion. As we strive toward Zion in that. 
Well, yeah. Um, one thing I thought I'd point this out, but I, I forgot about it. On page six, I love that bullet point to list there. Uh, to observe the sequence of events that are listed in Moses chapter seven, that righteousness and truth will sweep the earth as a flood first. Then the elect will be gathered from the four quarters of the earth. Then the holy city and new Jerusalem will be built. Fourth, the elect may gird up their loins, take courage in Zion, and then the second coming will occur. So like Moses has already given us the timeline, the only timeline that we really need is right there. <laughs> I mean, I, I say that tongue in cheek because I love timelines, right? But um, there's, there's so much that we can kind of get sidetracked by with timelines when things don't line up exactly or this or that or something's ambiguous and stuff. But here, a prophet, one of the greatest prophets of all time, has given us the timeline. And so just taking those things, taking the signs of the times and, and pushing forward with faith, I, I think is, is awesome. But just in the paragraph underneath that, he says that building it is the greatest challenge we will ever face. It's not going to be easy to build Zion. That's, that's the whole point of it. It's supposed to be hard so that we can actually rise to the occasion. Because we have to be, go from the Jacob Israel set up of the ladder up to the Zion Jerusalem up to the sun servant and then up to the seraphim level before we can enter. And so I think that that's, that's huge. It's the greatest challenge we will ever face. <clears throat> but can it be true? Yes, it will be done. Can we delay it by our own actions? Yeah, we can do that as well. <laughs> but um, as we press forward um, with full faith and full love and, and full unity, we can, we can accomplish this. This is doable. We can see his face here and now, as McConkie is quoted throughout this extensively, you know, that that's the whole purpose of everything is to, to see God in the flesh. If that is our mission in order to build Zion in the last days, we have so many great missions and potential within our little book club study here. Uh, I, I, I just love uh, hearing everybody's insights and, and things. So excited for this book. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Any last kind of... Uh, things or, or housekeeping things before we, we end for the night like i said i'll, I'll get together um kind of the format or whatever we're doing for the the prepper class but um uh, i think that'll be amazing it just showing from from group c to group a how how much discussion and, and excitement there is there i i'm excited uh to go down that route yeah well if there's nothing else we will see everyone next week for chapter three we might kind of uh link into chapter two as well but um it's been super fun uh, <laughs> have a great week everyone so just yeah. chapter three for next time yeah chapter three for next time and, okay. and we'll maybe kind of regress into a little bit of chapter two as well to kind of cover Got some it. Of it. okay thanks yeah we're just going to be doing like one chapter a week um from from oh, now okay. on until chapter 10 it, it splits out into lots of them okay. Yeah. All right. Thank we'll see everyone. Great. Thanks. Yeah.